the almost forgotten America's first black American congressman, the reconstruction period and the dawn of the black political age written by Daryl Brackeen Jr. And also your host of this great podcast. Let's get started. Welcome back. The reason I wrote this book was to simply highlight the names of individuals who have often gone unnoticed, unnamed, unrecognized, due to the short-lived nature of the Reconstruction era. For a moment after the Civil War, black political power was displayed by the significant voting efforts of African-American men through the nominations and elections of black men to elected office and their leadership roles. So I'm a history teacher, a theologian, political practitioner, who decided to write this book, which is a series of biographies of formerly enslaved men and free black Americans who overcame one of the most pivotal periods in American history to become highly respected educators, religious leaders, business owners during the Reconstruction era. These individuals rose up to get involved in political efforts for the black community, despite the violent opposition of the Ku Klux Klan and the former Confederate leadership. While this moment in American history is very short-lived for black Americans, many of the individuals in this book are leaders who run for the United States Congress, changing the lives of millions of people. Unfortunately, most of them were almost forgotten because many of them ended up in poverty or living in obscurity. So many of their stories have gone unnoticed and untold, underrecognized for generations until now. So let's do a deep dive in chapter one today and reintroduce some of the brave black political leaders in our American history. Let's do it. As we begin this adventure today, together, of chapter one, this is where I begin to lay the story and the setting, the time that many of these individuals were living in that I highlight in my book. Uh, So we have to simply start in April 4th of 1865 when the Union troops declared victory over the Confederacy in Richmond, Virginia. Of course, when that happened, when the news rang out across Washington, D.C., all the formerly enslaved took to the streets in joy and celebration. Amongst that crowd was President Abraham Lincoln and his son, Tad. Finally, the president's plan for the black community and the beginnings to rebuild the nation and the country, a new life, could finally get started. The Reconstruction period of the United States marks the end of a horrible war known as the Civil War. This was the beginnings of an attempt to redress the economic scars that plagued the black community due to their enslavement. President Lincoln, who wasn't totally sold on his position 
the entire time, but he was resolved and convinced by individuals like Frederick Douglass to take a stand and lead the movement towards addressing the issues that had plagued the formerly enslaved people. So once the mission of implementing the Emancipation Proclamation, President Lincoln announced the sweeping changes that would come in terms of starting the war and basically finishing it. Lincoln needed to unite the country once the Civil War ended. Therefore, he began to play the political games that often need to be played in order to get something done. There are many proposals that were proposed in order to incorporate the southern states, but the bottom line was there needed to be an ending of slavery altogether, and Abraham Lincoln knew that. But he also was not clear on the pathway forward to ensure black Americans were incorporated and supported in their transition after basically not having anything. So, unfortunately, there were Confederate sympathizers who assassinated the president. So when the news rang out of the shots on April 14th of 1865 at Ford's Theater, of the shooting of American stage actor and Confederate sympathizer John Wilkes Booth killing the President of the United States simply because he put into motion the beginnings of what could have been the healings of this country. Little did they know that what would take place afterwards would begin to put into place what would look like beginnings of freedom, justice for all. On that same day of April 14, 1865, the news would reach Vice President Andrew Johnson in order for him to prepare to take the reins of the presidency. He was a Southern individual who also had some complicated dealings with the slavery situation. But he basically decided to use this opportunity to hold power over Confederate leadership in order for them to transition back into the United States. Wonder why. It's described that Andrew Johnson actually had an ought against many Southerners because he grew up poor and he worked hard. He ended up getting wealth, but he wasn't really accepted amongst uh, the plantation owners and individuals who had wealth. So his ascent to power was basically his moment for payback against Southern leaders who would not let him basically pay, play to pay. So he would have them all line up to beg for his mercy in order to restore the political rights and gain their former land. This was a gain to Andrew Johnson. But the radical Republicans would not have it. They were determined to ensure that he did not turn the tide 
Therefore, they began to plan over a summer recess what they would do when they came back and reconvened Congress. But what they did not expect to happen during their summer recess, President Andrew Johnson, being left to his own devices, he began to outline how new state governments would be created under his plans. The only requirements he would impose on the Confederate states looking to come back into the United States was to abolish slavery, apologize for secession, and clear up the payments they owed to the government. Johnson gave back power to the very former leaders who led the Confederate causes. He let them set up their own government affairs, leaving the door open for inequalities toward African Americans. But the radical Republicans, upon their revival, would ensure that his plans ended up in failure. Therefore, individuals like Representative Thaddeus Stevens of Pennsylvania and Senator Charles Sumner began to call for equality of the law and acknowledgement of universal voting rights for all men, regardless of race, income, or any other qualification. Hey folks, there's something key that we have to remember here. Women universally during this time period did not have the right to vote or honestly didn't really have full citizenship under the law. They did not have the right to engage in the political work by using their vote. So not only were African-Americans disenfranchised, women were also disenfranchised as well. So when legislation is passed of the 14th and eventual 15th Amendment, only black men are able to run for office and earn the franchise of voting. And it's because of the radical changes implemented by Congress that set forth the start of a radical revolution to not only get the southern states in alignment through the use of military to oversee them, but the walking out of the vision for black men to register to vote and run for office. This movement led to a movement of African Americans forming overwhelming majorities of an increased Republican vote in the South. So during this period, Southern Republican voters supported 20 black congressmen serving during the Reconstruction and post-Reconstruction periods. While this first volume of this book is focused on the Congress people, you should also know that there were hundreds of African-American men who were elected in local and state governments to represent black populations and the economically disenfranchised communities. Remember, black Americans also had to get the vote of white Americans to be elected. So what you found in these individuals that I highlight was that they had to build coalitions of the uh, the disenfranchised vote. So it wasn't just about black people. It was also about the economically disenfranchised white individuals as well. And they saw in them the similarities that they would experience 
and being able to reform and build a public education system and workers' rights. These are the types of things that brought entire communities together in order to elect the people that I'm highlighting in my book today. So with that being said, if you want to get more details about this story, be sure to go to Amazon and purchase the book and look for The Almost Forgotten, America's First Black American Congressman, written by yours truly, Darrell Brackeen Jr. And we will continue this adventure next time. Stay tuned.